0: Amen. I bring greetings from Kampala, Uganda. And I love the Lord Jesus Christ as my savior, my redeemer, my God. I'm here with my wife, Pastor Juliet. I want to ask her to stand up and wave to you. She's the most beautiful creature on earth. And the most strict human being. If you live with her, you must be serious. You must be. <laughs> but by the grace of God, I survive. In Jesus' name. Amen. Through the week, we've been going through different kind of healing, prayer, deliverance. And we're looking at a part of our lives called the soul. Someone said the soul. soul. And tonight, um, my message is soul liberty. The release of the soul. What is the soul? Where is the soul? As Pastor said, we see many physical healing, the healing of the body, the healing of the body. We see miracles. The lame walk, the blind see. But there is the healing that we have not considered the healing of the inner man. When physically you look fine, but you are dying. The body, beautiful. But inside you, you are crushed. You are dying. You know, Jesus said, if you open your Bible with me, in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 26, it's a common scripture. Jesus said, what will it profit a man if he eats the whole world and lose his own soul? And what will man give in exchange for his soul. Have you seen it? But also Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10 verse 28. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and And body in hell. Do not fear that one who kills the body, but honor and respect the one who has authority over the body and the soul. Many of us in this room, you have friends, you have relatives. You have people in your home, in your life, who you know they have a problem, but you cannot help them. Their issue is not about the food they eat. Nothing with a good bed. Nothing, it has nothing to do with physical feeling. You know they are in pain. Which you cannot touch. You know they are in pain. Which you cannot help. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation. Where there is a loved one. Who you are helpless. You cannot help. They are telling you I'm dying. I'm tormented. I'm in pain. And a few years ago. God launched me. Into this area of healing, mental illness, personality disorders, children with different disorders. In Uganda, every day, I sit with children. I look at these dear, beautiful, wonderful children who have a great destiny. And every day, you sit with them and you see how the devil can destroy issues like autism and other disorders are not, and the parents they tell you there's nothing we can do, it's incurable. We are going to live with this person in this state all their lives. If you have never had someone in your house with a mental illness, you may not understand what I'm talking about. If you've never had someone in your family with a disorder which is not curable, you may not understand about the soul. Most of us, the only time we talk about the soul is at the funeral. May his soul rest in peace. Maybe the other time we talk about the soul is when we sing about the soul in church. Then sings my soul. But do we take time to think about soul health, the health of your soul? Because I want to hear this. You never know when something may happen to your soul and you go through soul bondage. You never know when. You never know when it will happen. Sometimes you are living a life so blessed, so fruitful. You are the hope of everyone. High expectations. And something happens. And that's not happened to your brain. Sometimes it happens deeper than your brain. And you don't want it. Or oh, it may not happen to you, but happen to your child. That's why, the church, we must now launch into the area of understanding man, not his body, but his soul. Ladies and gentlemen, I know what it means to be to walk empty, without anything. You can, you're not thinking you're not imagining, you are completely empty. Let me share with you my story. I think that's the reason God has blessed and has sent me to deliver wounded, trapped souls. I know what it means to be trapped. I was born in witchcraft. And witchcraft... As a young boy, as a kid at the age of three, I was exposed to different abuses. I was exposed to demons, but I was also exposed to abuse. As a three-year-old. And when I was 13 years, I was given, someone came to my my, my mom went to a certain church and asked if they can help. The bishop and the priest called me, talked with me, asked me different questions. For nights, every day, they're asking me about spirits. About evil spirits, about how they work, about demons. And they said, we are going to send you to Europe. For a, we are giving you a scholarship. We are sending you to become a priest. I was happy yet because I was running away from what was tormenting me. I was now running away from witchcraft. I was now going to be taken to a seminary and started to be a priest. I rejoiced. I knew I was running away from my tormentors, the demons, the evil spirits. And I was taken to Europe. When I reached there, taken to a house where there are only men, And in this house, the holy ones, the priests, lived there. It's just a matter of days I realized it's not only a religious house. It is a prison of souls. Because every day, as boys who were living in this house, we were abused every day. Tormented and abused sexually. Sexually physical, emotional, all kind of abuse. And you have to have a double life. And during the day when you go to church, you are the holy one. You are walking holy, dressed holy. When you go back to the house, you are the, the object of abuse. And you live in that life of Inside you, you were protesting, but outward, you don't have help. After many years going to school, studying, being taught by professors and different kind of people, and being abused, I got a mental breakdown. I woke up, I found myself in a mental hospital, tied, chains, both hands, and everything around me demonic. I can't tell you in words what exactly happens in a mental institution. You cannot spiritually being fed, packed with drugs every moment, sedated every moment, sexually abused every moment because you are under sedation. You are under sedation, you are under drugs the drugs make you eat. The drugs make you overeat. You always demand for food. And then you are empty. And then you are abused. You are insulted. You lose all sense of dignity, all sense of humanity. Your soul is crushed every day. Your life, your inner life is abused, crushed every day. Outward, you, look, you may look fine. But no one knows what is tearing you. Spirits come every night. You shout, you are given a drug. You call for help, you are beaten. And I spent six months, six months in a mental hospital. Every day, every moment I remember that moment. It's many years now. But even today, when I remember that, I feel the pain. Sometimes I get so emotional because it's as if it happened yesterday. It's as if yesterday when my, my, I was taken to this place, tormented for six months, released and thrown back to my people after being abused for years, after tormented. Now I'm bold enough to tell my story. I'm old enough. But you do not know the years I could not tell people. I could not say, because no one could believe me. My parents could not believe. My friends could not believe. I was being threatened every day if I say the truth. And my soul longed for the truth. Until I found Jesus. But also finding Jesus, getting born again at that moment did not deliver me. Had to walk the journey of understanding to understand how the soul can be brought back. I was waiting for someone in church to talk about the soul to tell me about my life because I knew my life had been fragmented in many places. My soul was split in many parts. I knew some years of my life had been deleted out of my memory. I knew it. I could tell that from age this to age this, I remember. But then there is some time in my life which I don't remember, completely deleted, erased, out of my memory. I could want, there are times I could sit for hours trying to remember when I came to that place, what happened to me? When I was in that place, what did they do to me? When they carried me in that room and four men came in, what happened next? And I kept saying, if I can know, if I can remember what happened that moment, maybe I'll be fine. Maybe I'll be happy. If I can remember what they did to me. If I can remember what happened when they tied my hands and I blacked out. Sometimes you go through pain. So much pain that in order for you to survive, your soul leaves your body. And whatever happens is happening to the body. It's not happening to you. But it affects your memory. It affects your life. And you explain to people and tell them, if someone can help me recover that moment, if someone can help me heal that moment, the fear in my soul, the fear that I'm going to be cheated, abused, the fear that people are going to take advantage of me, The fear of voices returning. The fear of beings coming in my dreams every night, even when I am now old. The mistrust, the suspicion. There is no drug you can take to heal mistrust. Is there a drug? What drug, what medicine can you take to heal mistrust? Why you don't trust anyone? You know, people who take advantage of you. What drug can you take to stop the voices that are accusing you and condemning you every night? That is an issue of the soul. What can you take to, del- to remove the memory of the sexual abuse, of the rape, of when people you thought were to protect you, the one you look to as protection, only to take advantage of you, abuse you, and crush your soul. What can heal your life after losing all your money, after your business being cheated and people's, take advantage of you. How can you heal your life? After thinking, you have all it takes to excel in life, to pass the exams. And suddenly, something happens and you fail. And the failure becomes your your identity. The whole family refer to you as the one Who failed to make it to university? Everyone is referring to you. That is not only in the mind, it is in the soul. There are times encouragement cannot heal. The only thing that heals if someone can find a way into the soul and pray and come to the time. Like what King David said in Psalms 23 verse 4. He restores my soul. He restores. It's only God. The lover of the soul. That can restore the soul. Have you heard what I said? It's only the one who created the soul. Who breathed in man and man became a living soul. Who is able. I thank God. For the Holy Spirit, for Jesus Christ, for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank God for, you, for that. I tried all kinds of therapy. I tried all kinds of help. It could give relief, but then they warn you there will be a relapse. You are okay for a few months, Just one day to relapse. And people, you are running away from you. And the voices return. And the pain return. And everything. Then you go through the rejection. I don't know if you know what it means to go through rejection. The people love you. But they cannot understand you. Others are tired of you. And you're in a situation where, as if deep inside you, you're on chains. You're crying to people and shouting and saying, I wish I can be normal. I want to be normal. I want to be a blessing. I want to be like others but I can't, I'm trapped within, I'm imprisoned. I want to love, I don't want this. Can you imagine, I've had many people trying to tell others who have soul issues, you are pretending, it's malingering, it's all kind of names they give. And I tell them, I wish you could test. Have been in that situation for one night. Then you know what they go through. You know what their souls go through. When some people hold their head and want pull out their hair, you don't know what's going on in that head. When they try to take their lives and say, let me die, you don't know what's going on inside. And they know they're not pretending, they're not just acting. Something has trapped their lives. I'm talking about the side of the trapping, the illnesses, the disorders. Others are born like that. You don't know what a family goes through when their only son is born Autistic. You don't know what a mother goes through. When his dear one, the body's fine, but it can't be anything. Some retire. Others resign their jobs to take care of the dear ones, who they don't have any hope of being normal. No drug. No therapy. Or they tell you, you will live like your child like that. I don't know if we know what a family goes through when a member cannot focus. When cannot sit down for five minutes. Someone must take care of this person 24 hours a night, a day, every day. It is not physical. It is not something they, even if you put them on drugs, even if you give them medication, you just spoil, waste their lives. I've been on mental illness drugs, antidepressants, mood stabilizers, psychotic drugs. I know how they destroy. Because of that, that's why God has given this ministry of healing the soul. At that moment, the thief, the one who comes to to steal and kill and destroy, takes advantage. It's not only the imaginations, the memories, and the pictures, but also the demonic that takes over someone's life. But we thank God for Jesus. If you can say a big amen. Amen. I have proved it's only the name of Jesus. It's only the power of the Holy Spirit. It's only the blood of Jesus that can heal a man's soul. That can deliver you from a disorder. If I am here And I am normal. You are blessed. You are going to be normal. In Jesus' name. When the soul is affected. The body manifests afflictions. Most of what you call diseases. What you call infirmities. Are because. The one that is supposed. To bring life to the body. The soul. Is in pain is wounded, is fragmented, is crushed. Sometimes years and years of suppression. Suppressed, pain, people abusing you and rejecting you, your husband abusing you, taking advantage of you, crushing you every day, calling you names and crushing your soul. Somewhere, your mind gives up and your body becomes sick then they call you different names. And they don't know your soul. They don't know. Deep in you, f- years of crushing, years of torment, years of oppression, years of shame, years that you've gone through and no one could understand People could tell you, be strong. Forget about it. When you come to church, they tell you, forgive. It's true, forgive, but is it easy? Forget and forgive, but is it possible? Are we here? So, when the King David comes to the level of saying, he restores my soul. He knows what he's talking about. He restores my soul. Can I tell you something? God is going to do something in your life tonight. He'll restore you and you become a new man. A time is coming and starting tonight when you'll be a new man. When you tell everyone, look, I'm a new man. My pain is gone. My fears are gone. The rejection is gone. I don't care about my past. I have a future. I have a new story. My mind has been restored. Jesus has made me complete. I don't hear voices. Demons are not tormenting me. My soul is restored. <clears throat> if you say amen, say it be greater. Amen. My soul has been restored. You will not be a slave. Of rejection, and you not be in bondage of bitterness. Someone say rejection. Say bitterness. Say rejection. Other than the things that we face and people do to us, but they are issues that were transferred into our lives before we are born, at conception. For imagine a child who survived abortion. The mother tried to abort and the child was stubborn. And the abortion did not take place. The body did not come out. But what happened to the soul? What happened every time you thought about abortion about killing that baby what was happening to the child the three times you tried and by the mercy of god the body was saved that is rejection what happens to the soul of someone who has never seen his father who does not know a father who has lived without a father? <clears throat> do we think do you want us to think that these people sometimes they're just stubborn? They don't want to be normal? Is there someone to think about more than just behavior? And say, but what is more deeper than behavior? What is the longing of this person? Their longing, and it's been for years, and because of that longing, they feel empty. That's what they call rejection. Someone say rejection? If you have a loving family, if you have a good church, if you have a good pastor, bless the Lord. Because... Rejection is more painful than cancer. Have you heard what I said? Oh, you've not heard what I said. I'm telling you from experience. I have been cancer-free for 17 years. I was healed of leukemia. Stage four. I was blind for nine months. I was paralyzed for a whole year, never to walk According to the doctors. All my mass, all my veins, all my nerves were damaged. Every time they were bending my back to take away fruits. They could bend me four, five times a day. Not just once, five times a day. And take away that fruit from the back, from the spine. The pain could crush my soul. The pain when you are bent and they pierce the, the spine, then pull out the throat. If you happen to move your finger, the whole body is in shock, be in pain, and then it would be done five times a day, several times. And because of that, most of the nerves were damaged. According to the doctors, I could never walk again. There was no way I would walk. All the nerves, I could not move my legs. When I was going through chemotherapy, I lost my sight. And I called the doctors, I could never see again. I lost my hair, my fingernails. Every part of my body was bleeding. I was in pain. I was on triple dose of morphine. And in pain from morning to morning. In pain. Even the painkillers. Even when they tripled the dose of morphine, the painkiller. I remain in pain. <clears throat> because my pain was not the body. It was not the pain of the soul. It was deeper than the body. It was not the body in pain. But I went through the pain of cancer. But it is not as painful as the pain of rejection. It's not Where you do not know where you belong. Because of me, my father left my mother when I was three months. Three. I didn't see my father until I was 12. The first time I saw my father, I was 12. That's the first time I met my father. The next time I met him, I was 15. And all the years I could ask my mom, what happened? And every day, every moment you ask her, what happened? She cries. No answer. The moment you say, but mom, where is dad? And what happened to my father? She looks at you and cry. So if you're wise enough, you never bring that subject. You never, because you know she's going to cry. She doesn't have the answer. From that time until today, something happened to my mother. When her husband walked out of her life and left her with a three-month boy, he walked out with six of her daughters. She remained alone in the house up to days. When, you talk, when I talk with my mother, something happened. You could tell she is still far from the body. She's still trapped somewhere. She's still blocked inside. Whatever you do to her, she'll never appreciate. Because when her husband deserted her for over 10 years, something left her soul. And no one has helped her To bring her soul back. Someone say, Bring my soul back. Say, Bring my soul back. We are having a work as a church. From today, we are starting the work. I don't know how. But there are things, there's a realm, there's a world we want to go into. Where is that? is to ask the deeper question to everyone, how is your soul? Ask your neighbor, how is your soul? Hello? Ask your neighbor, how is your soul? How is your soul? Sometimes, listen people, you are living with someone and you don't know their souls. Until something happens. Until something happens. We had this young man. So happy. The joy of everyone. A party boy. Every weekend, he was calling for a party. All joining a birthday party and other parties. You know, young people these days can create parties for anything. They can say, this party, baby shower, whatever shower, I don't know which showers. I always ask them, what are you showering every weekend? (laughs) So he was that kind of guy. That before he arrives, the party does not start. When when he comes, he makes everyone happy. Everyone. The young, the old, everyone. Whether old or young, he had the ability to make people laugh, he had the ability to bring life. In the worship team, he was always the best. After school, he got a very good job. He got the money. All the young sisters who are not married were believing God and fasting for him. Because he was the ideal, the one that every year, if I had a daughter, I would be praying also. I'm telling you, this guy, he was so gifted. And he had life. He had life until one morning he was found dead in his room, committed suicide, and died. No one expected it, including the mother. I met the mother calling and saying, can you believe this is what has happened? He wrote a note and said, I cannot take it anymore, and no one is willing to listen to me. No one is willing to talk to me. I can't take it on. He'd committed suicide. You know why? Because no one was there. He knew, he could discern that no one can listen to his situation. He was struggling with being gay all his, sometime as a young man. And he knew no one could listen to him. It was not an issue of being bad. It was an issue of the soul. Something had happened to his soul and no one was willing to talk to him, to listen to him. So all his life he had to pretend to be happy. To make everyone happy except himself. His soul had been trapped. He was tired of being more than one person. He was tired of just Acting. He wanted to be himself. But no one could help him reconcile his soul. And he died. The mother said, I wish I knew. That is how many people like him today are dying. How many end up on drugs and being Addicted. How many cannot sleep every night? When they go to their bedroom, they switch on their computer and be on pornography till the next day. And they can't tell anyone that I'm dying. It's their souls that are trapped. A soul trapped in pornography. A soul trapped in drugs. A soul trapped in different immoral issues of immorality. And they're saying, I'm not just wicked. I need someone to talk to. I need someone to understand. I need someone to help me out of the prison. To lead me out of the prison. Like the scriptures say in Psalms 142 verse 7. Bring my soul out of prison. That I may praise you. Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise you. Which prison? The prison of addiction, the prison of demons, the prisons of genetic disorders, the prison of sickness. Bring my soul out of prison. Tell anybody that today is your day. Today. Say, today, today is your day. Today. Do you know that Jesus came that you may be free? Do you know that? That to whom Jesus sets free is free indeed? Oh, God. I said, do you believe it? That you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free? Do you know that? Do you know that in the name of Jesus, every one of us can be healed? Do you know and believe that in Christ Jesus, there is liberty? I wish you said liberty. Liberty. Oh, I wish you said liberty. Liberty. Maybe you're going to ask me and say, James, what are the methods? Where is the method? What are the steps I can take? From A to Z. I have been observing and helping people. With soul issues. But I believe. I've come to see. It's not a method. It's the ability to surrender to Jesus. I wish you had what I said. It is your ability. To say here I am. I give you my life. Heal me. You are my Lord. If your soul is trapped, stop all the tricks you've learned to call for attention. Stop all the things you've been trying because for years, you've been seeking love and attention and what? Forget about that if you can. I'm talking about those that are able because there are those that are not able who are so much taken and they are not in their minds. I'm talking about you. Who is in your mind? Who is cooking here? What I'm talking about? It's one way surrendering to Jesus. Hallelujah. It's one word. If you call on the name of Jesus, you will be healed. If you call on His name, your soul be healed. If you cry to Jesus, if you surrender to Jesus, your soul will be restored. You don't need six months. You need one encounter with Jesus. One encounter with Jesus. All you need is to call upon his name. For whoever shall call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. Whoever calls upon that name shall be saved. And I'll tell you today, If you call on his name, you're going to be saved. If you call on that name, Jesus will send his angels to open the prisons and lift your soul out. Suddenly, he will restore your soul. He will release you from bondage. He will break the chains. Friends, I thank God that I'm free. I thank God I am free. Freedom, liberty is not a word to me. It's not a word. If I, when I remember the years, the f- 24 years of my life, in all of my life until I, I was delivered, I never slept more than 30 minutes a day, sleeping just more than 30 minutes a day. All my life, the only time I could sleep the longest could be 30 minutes. I could be awake the whole night. I could be walking the whole night. I could be talking the whole night. I could be doing all the whole night and the whole day. And can you imagine? And when Jesus healed my soul, the first day, I slept for more than 40 hours, just sleeping. I know worry. I don't know if you know the, the preciousness of sleep, just sleep, just sleep. Just to go in the bed, and even before you take off the coat, you are asleep. <laughs> My wife knows when I sleep, she doesn't even call me for dinner. Because I told her, "Look. To you it is just sleep. To me it's liberty. That I can come in the bed without any medicine, without any drug and sleep. Just sleep. He that God loves, he gives them sleep. That's what the scripture said. He If he loves you, he gives you sleep. Can you imagine? I thank God for liberty. I thank God for freedom. I thank God that I can sleep. I thank God that there is a day from morning to evening without pain, without rejection, without bitterness. When the enemy had made me bitter, angry towards anyone called human, anyone called human. I was bitter towards my mother, towards my my sisters, towards people. All my life, I knew human beings are there to do harm to me. Therefore, I must defend myself. I must fight them. I must destroy them before they destroy me. And the enemy had deceived me to be bitter, to be angry, to hate myself and hate everyone. you may not know the pain of being bitter. You may not know the pain of hating everyone. You don't know what to hate to you is just a word. But you don't know the life when you hate everything and everyone, everyone You hate everything. There is nothing good. There is nothing lovely. There is nothing to trust. There is nothing precious. Everything, you hate it. And every person you look to, you are looking for, how do you harm them before they harm you? How do you destroy them before they destroy you? How do you fight them before they fight you? And that is the life you live morning to morning. But thank God for the life now I live. I live it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, my liberty.